Welcome everyone to Greencast. This is a podcast that brings practicality to being sustainable. Presented to you by the Waukesha County Green Team. Your hosts are myself, Alec Lapoitevin. And me, Laura Lauks. Thanks everybody for tuning in today. We have an episode on sustainable gifting today. The Green Team has been working with Heather Deaton of Ellen Becker Investment for a couple months now, and she's been doing a couple of investment series, uh, virtual series for us, and we thought it would be a really good opportunity to have her on the podcast and talk about gifting and all of the different options that are available for sustainable gifting for the upcoming holiday season. And I know that I learned a lot from this episode. There's so many different avenues that you can go through for choosing what kind of gifts. Giving doesn't always have to be things. It can be money. It can be time. It can be money or time for a future use, as we talk about a little bit in the later part of the episode. So there's so many different options and there's so many different ways that we can be sustainable in our gifting habits. So I really hope you enjoy this episode and feel free to post on the Facebook page or the, or tag us on Instagram of your favorite sustainable gifting ideas, different brands that you like, or anything else that you thought of while you listened to this. So with that, I, I hope you enjoy our conversation. Well, thanks everybody for joining us today. I'm sitting here with Heather Deaton of Ellen Becker Investment Group, and we're going to talk about sustainable gifting since we're coming up on the holidays here. So Heather, do you want to give a little bit of background on yourself and how you got into this field? For sure. Thanks so much, Laura. Um, Like she said, I'm a wealth advisor with Ellen Becker Investment Group, and it's a firm where we really work with individuals, families, and small businesses on comprehensive financial planning you know, to really help people on their path to their goals and their dreams and handling all the twists and turns along the way to keep them on the right path. You know, I really appreciate and enjoy working in that comprehensive way with people and really being part of their team. I've been with Ellen Becker for about four years and my career is longer than four years. Um, I've gone or been with different uh, large corporate environments. My early career, I was with the Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis and, you know, just really grew to wanting to help people on a more of a one-on-one and individual basis. Great. Thank you. So this topic came around because Heather is also helping us with a virtual series we're doing with uh, the green team. She's doing a couple of presentations on sustainable investing for us and different topics around that. And so with the holidays coming up, um, it is a big time for gifting among a lot of people. And I know our listeners are very conscientious about green or sustainable things in all aspects of their lives. So how does sustainability relate to gifting? And, you know, sustainability has always been very important to me. And that's where I look at it as really making things you have last longer, leaving something for others, and really looking towards the future to protect what we've got and make sure that we can keep it going. So for gifting, you know, that includes looking at the impacts to the environment, to our culture, to our finances, to our body, mind, and spirit, really any resource that we can think about. So when we want to look at at how we share with others, it's important to kind of build that in. So that's what I think of sustainable gifting as 
in a way, just making informed decisions, shopping with intention and being very mindful of the bigger picture. I also look at this as, you know, having grace with yourself too. It's hard to do this 100% perfect. So I kind of look at it as getting into a place where you can have, have some solid base hits, um, not just, you know, hitting home runs out of the ballpark every single time. Yeah, I love that. I love the word you used, intentional. Um, I think about that too when I'm buying things now for myself and other people of, you know, they they want this thing, they could use this thing, but really think about the impact of that thing and is there a better option out there? So I, I love that word intentionality. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's get into the nitty gritty of this. What are the different kinds of sustainable gifts? So there are many different ways to look at sustainable gifting and, and we'll go over, you know, quite a handful of, of different ways to look at it. You know, one kind of chunk of this is thinking of instead of buying something brand new out of a giant package is how do we maybe upcycle or recycle or even reuse, you know, whether that's shopping at consignment stores or at thrift stores like Goodwill or at stores that even do a bit more like restore which is part of Habitat for Humanity. I really like to think of shopping at places like that, even for gift ideas. We've got some higher end consignment stores. I had mentioned Goodwill. They've got a great store in the third ward called Reteak. And it's a got a, it's a bit of a higher end um, thrift shop, if you would. Yes, I, mean, I love Reteak. I go there for all of my work clothes because it's just really, really nice clothes too. Yeah, absolutely. They do have a, a few different gift areas too, like some nicer home products. And they have a really great gift, uh, selection of books too. Mm -hmm. I really like to go there as well. Another way to look at this is not, not only shopping locally and shopping small, and we'll talk a little bit more about that later, but I like to look at the gifts that kind of give back. So I am a big fan of Tom's shoes and boots. And, and glasses and <laughs> other things they sell. Um, but that's where if you buy a pair of shoes from Tom's and they have a variety of different ones to choose from, they give a pair of shoes to um, somebody in need. So it's a one for one. Another great one for one is Bamba's socks. So you buy a pair of socks and somebody else gets a pair of socks. And they are very, very comfortable socks. You know, I do look at this as uh, places that not only have integrity and, and really do what they say, but that provide quality goods and that you can feel good about giving those as well. Another thing that I think about when, when we actually look bigger picture giving gifts is how are you packaging it to send to others? You know, what kind of gift mm -hmm. bags are you using? How many times have you reused that gift bag? Um, you know, I want to actually start having tallies on the bottom of them so we can all feel good about how many times we get reuse out of a, out of a gift bag instead of it just going um, into a, a recycling box or a landfill somewhere. Oh, oh my gosh. I love that. That's yeah. so cool. That's kind of, it could be like a badge of honor of it's, like, this bag has been used six times. <laughs> yep, exactly. Another thing we do at our house a lot um, for our, for, for my little family and how we, um, gift to each other, instead of wrapping in gifts, we'll wrap them in pillowcases or in dish towels. And then yes. they'll just get to be put back in the cabinet afterwards. I also gift 
homemade pillowcases. I don't make them. I buy them from somebody, but I will gift um, gifts of a pillowcase and then I'll fill that with some little other gifts that I'm giving as well. Just really oh. thinking again about how, how, how I'm, how the entire gift giving process is impacting the environment. Yeah, that's a great point. And actually, yeah, that reminds me, my sister knows how much I am involved in all of this. So she started gift giving me all my presents and just towels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a great idea too. And it's awesome because like, you don't, I mean, the opening process is important, but you don't really need to have that paper or, right. you know, anything else. It's just to conceal it for a couple minutes. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, in, in my family here, the kids and my husband, they know that if a, a gift comes to me and there's tissue paper in that gift, that gets flattened, folded, and put in my mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, my yes. Gift. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Like, Mom, Mom where, do you want the, where do you want the tissue paper? Um, <laughs> you know, another thing that's great to think about when you are giving gifts, you know, many of us have what we need. We have the resources to get what we need. We have the resources to get what we want. So sometimes gift giving in in a situation like that is really hard because what does somebody need? They have everything they need. Or if they've got particular tastes or sensitive um, taste to things, you can give uh, philanthropic gifts. So donating in somebody's honor, um, you know, some different charities that we really work with um, is Kiva. That's a micro lending agency. Mm. It lends small. You, you you put in, say, $25 and you can lend that to an entrepreneur somewhere in the world that maybe has a goal of raising, say, $5,000. You're not likely to lend $5,000 to somebody you don't know, but you could lend them $25. And if a whole bunch of people lend $25, they'll get to their $5,000 goal. And it would be, say, to improve their business or add a service to their business. We've been doing that. We started with $25 in our Kiva account when they pay you back, they pay you back a little bit of interest, then you can relend um, to another entrepreneur. So my family has been doing that for about 10 years. And it's mm. just re kind of relending and rebuilding. You can give a Kiva gift card to somebody else where they could choose the entrepreneur they want to they want to lend to, and obviously continue that along the way. There's also other organizations that have like good gifts. Um, Heifer International, you can donate a, a cow or a part of a cow or a different farm animal. I just got a, a catalog in the mail from the World Wildlife Federation yesterday where you can do that as well, where you're giving, you'll get maybe a small like stuffed animal to give to the person that you're gifting in honor of, but then that is going to go to promote the wildlife environment. Uh, we also donate to ELCA, that's the synod that, that our church is a part of. The ELCA has good gifts. So for, for our family at the holidays, we will give, say, a hive of bees to a village in Africa in honor of a family member. Another mm-hmm. um, thing that you may have heard of or maybe people at work have done this where you collectively adopt a family. There's an there's adopt a family organization where you can find out what the needs are and then fill those needs for that family. And that's usually a group. Maybe your larger family would do that or you and your colleagues or maybe a group of friends. And then this is also part of gift giving, especially around the holidays. Now, many of you are probably aware of Giving Tuesday. That's the Tuesday after Thanksgiving weekend where it's people intentionally give that day and charities intentionally 
remind you to give on that day. It's just a way to carve off in that frenzy of Black Friday and Cyber Monday. It's a way to give back again with intention. So what my family and I do, we'll sit around the computer on Giving Tuesday and we each get to pick a charity to give a certain amount to. And it's really a great way to get to know what your family's interests are and who they want to give back to. One of my sons was in um, A Christmas Carol a few years ago, and the charity that they partnered with was Safe and Sound. That's who he chose to give to on Mm. Giving Tuesday. And my other son had really wanted to help out Salvation Army because that was important to him. And um, I had chose to donate to NAMI, the National Alliance of Mental Illness that year. That's a great tradition. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it. it's something that really, uh, you know, really warms my heart to know how we can each have our own individual places we want to support, but yet come together as a family to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember my family used to, we used to um, donate to Heifer International every year. And there's also another one, um, Pennies for Peace. I haven't heard oh. that one in the news recently, but that was also another one that we took interest in and we donated to every year. Oh, that's great. Thanks for mentioning that. I'll have to look into them. Um, And also another kind of slice of ways to think about giving sustainably. Because again, we know the stuff that comes into our house. We know the stuff that we gift that goes into other people's homes. And sometimes it's the stuff that's just too much. You know, it's, it's not usually about the stuff. What I look at when I think of building relationships with my friends and my family and those that I love, it's about the experience and it's the time together. Or Mm -hmm. if I'm going to be far apart from somebody, it's about how I would like to spend time with them and what their family is interested when it comes to experiences. So when we're outside of these challenging COVID times, giving theater tickets or tickets to sporting events or gift cards to a concert venue that's kind of a great way to say here, I want you to do something that's a fun and interesting and engaging event for you. Now, obviously we're in a different time right now. So some mm-hmm. other, other experiences to think to gift to is maybe you want to give someone a, a certain kind of a service. Maybe you want to give them car washes for a year or oil changes or even an at-home service like uh, yard Um, yard pickup and and lawn mowing or snow shoveling or a cleaning service. That's a great way to say, I want to help you spend your time doing something else. Um, Other subscription type things and memberships, I think that could be really impactful. Again, if you think of you're doing something good for someone you love and you're also doing something good for the community, it might be a membership to say the Milwaukee County Zoo or Mm. the Milwaukee Art Museum. You can give a family membership to somebody else, and they can go and experience the wonders of those different places. And one that's also very dear to my heart is the Milwaukee Film and being a part of the Milwaukee Film Festival. So with Milwaukee Film, the member gets a free movie screening every month. And that uh, is always an interesting and different kind of a film that you wouldn't normally see or maybe not even normally be interested in. I have really found that to be enriching as a member. And uh, even during these COVID times where the theater that they fil- that they screen the films is, is shut down, they're doing all of that virtually. And it's oh, wow. been really an interesting way you can watch the film kind of on your own 
time frame and then be a part of a talkback session with the directors or the actors or somebody involved in the film itself. So that's really, really neat. And again, those are charitable organizations. So you're really kind of giving twice, giving to the person that you are wanting to give a gift to and then also giving to the organization. Yeah, that's super cool. I never heard about that, the Milwaukee film thing. I'll have to look into that. Yeah, yeah, it's a great organization. I really um, appreciate being a member there. You know, another idea when it comes to the experiences is to collectively, as a family, choose to do a giftless Christmas. Mm. Now, you know, I had one of my friends has been doing this for about four years now. Her kids are, are grown and both of them are actually married now. And so as a family unit, all six of them will spend a weekend somewhere. You know, mom and dad maybe pay for the lodging and most of the meals and each of the children, adult children, um, also, you know, take on an experience or take on a meal. And it's a way to say, you know, let's not spend the time on Christmas opening these packages. Let's really take the time away and go do something fun as a family, whether it's a weekend trip or an afternoon somewhere. Now, it was hard for me to consider floating that to my family as my kids were younger, but I know that they're, they're going to be more appreciative as they, as they get older. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And I could definitely see enjoying that definitely in the future now that I have, you know, I have most of the things I need and yeah. what I really want is just to spend time with people. So that makes a lot of sense to use that, use the money you would spend on traveling and the experience. Right. And, you know, even thinking about, you know, sometimes it's hard to give gifts in, in challenging times when it's challenging financial times. So you can give your, give the gift of your own time. Like I had mm -hmm. mentioned, Hey, you know, maybe, maybe pay for them to get their um, snow shoveled for, for the winter or their lawn taken care of, you know, also you can gift that kind of time. I've done that in my family here. I've, my sons each wanted to redo their rooms. And I said, okay, I give you time. I give you my time to help you do that. And of course we mm -hmm. had to, you know, purchase some things along the way, but that was really meaningful to them because it was just one of those projects that was easy to keep overlooking, but to make that commitment um, as part of a gift was, was really uh, meaningful to them. Another, yeah, yeah another um, kind of set of gifts when we think sustainable is one of my favorites, and that is really looking at local and small businesses in a very mindful way. So I try to seek out and pay attention to different small producers. You know, if it's um, even if it's buying gift cards for someone to use in the future at that at that restaurant or that retailer in a way that that gift receiver would want to, that's one thing. Or even buying things from the smaller smaller shops and being able to make sure that the person that you give that gift to knows where it came from and knows how to go back because they may really find um, something meaningful in that gift and want to go back and shop there. So mm -hmm. some of the things to look for would maybe be when you're out in a lot of different places, you can look for the something special from Wisconsin. It's that red sticker that's on a lot of locally produced products. You'll see that in the grocery store aisles. You'll see that in smaller businesses. Um, that's one way to find what you're looking for. And also the local first Milwaukee, or there's many local first organizations around the state and around the country where you can go to their websites and find the retailers that are truly local producers. Um, 
there's different winter farmers markets. Now things are going to look different this winter uh, because of capacity restrictions and some things like that when we are following CDC guidelines. But the Milwaukee Winter Farmers Market is held every Saturday at the Domes Annex in Milwaukee. Um, I'm on the board for Fondy Food Center. We actually run the Milwaukee Winter Farmers Market. But that farmers markets and small like artisan craft fairs, that's a place to really find the people that are local and that make their own products and get to know them. The producers are manning those booths. <laughs> They're the ones yeah. selling you the products. I get such joy out of the relationships, you know, whether it's small or big that I've been able to build with the different producers at little local markets. And, and then I share that story with the person I give that gift to, you know, what a treat to know if you get a gift of say an herbal tea to know where those herbs were grown and who harvested them and who dried them and who, who really put that mix together for you. Um, another winter market that I know um, is, is happening is the Oconomowoc winter farmers market. Um, a couple other places to think about too is when that are meaningful in many different ways is to focus on minority owned businesses. We know that the minority owned businesses have taken even a, even a deeper hit than other small businesses with the COVID impacts from this year. So mindfully reaching out and searching out those businesses. One place that I like to shop at is the Sherman Phoenix. That's on Fond du Lac Avenue in the city of Milwaukee. It's all, it's filled all with minority owned businesses. And I think that that's really important to highlight black owned business in a way that's meaningful and in a way yeah. that's intentional. There's an yeah. app. Yeah. There's an app that was just created this year too. It's MKE black. And yes, I was just going to say that. <laughs> yeah. And I love that. It's a way where you can say, okay, I'm looking to go get, you know, uh, restaurant prepared food. Um, or I am looking for a service or I'm looking for a particular kind of product. Or, you know, if you're looking to get your house painted or your nails done, or you're looking for, you know, you want to go get some takeout somewhere, or you're looking for um, health and wellness products, or you're looking for a gym or a personal trainer. It's a great way to, to, um, to be able to find, to find those black owned businesses. Have you been paying attention? They send every Wednesday, they send a business spotlight too. Yes. Um, I, I haven't been totally paying attention to those, but I have been on the app and the website uh, recently. And I will note that it is, it's um, MKE Black, but they have expanded a little bit into Waukesha. So um, when they get more interest in, you know, areas, they will keep expanding their directory. Yes, you are right. And I had noticed too, I believe they have some Racine businesses listed as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, one other type of gift to consider too is financial gifts. And I don't mean just giving someone straight up cash, which is very meaningful to people um, <laughs> if that's what they need or they appreciate. But you can actually give like longer term financial gifts to your friends and family as well. Maybe you've got children or grandchildren and you want to help them with their education down the road. You can set up a, an Advest account. It's a 529 uh, plan, which is a college savings plan. So you can put money into this plan um, for the beneficiary, which would be, say, your grandchild. And then um, it will grow because it's invested. You can invest it however you want. 
um, within the investment options that the Edvest account allows. And then that will grow until they need it and they go to college. And then any of the contributions that are taken out of that, any of the funds that are taken out of that account will um, be able to be used for educational expenses. And there is no tax on that as income. There is no penalty if it's used for education. It can be also used for um, private school for secondary and primary school too. So that's wow. a great, yeah, that's a great way to really invest in a meaningful way for someone's future. And then there's a state tax deduction up to $3,240 um, per tax return per beneficiary that you can contribute as well. So you get a little bit of a, of a, of a tax incentive there too from the state if it's in an Edvest account. Wow. Now, Are there other um, investing options other than education? Yeah, that's a great question. There are. You can contribute to somebody's Roth IRA. Now, a Roth IRA, that's an IRA. So that means that it is tucked away um, for the most part. There are some exceptions if you needed to withdraw from it, but it's there for retirement. And it's, um, they, it's you can't access it until you are 59 and a half or older. Again, there are some exceptions, but in, in theory, you want these funds to be for the long-term retirement. If you know that somebody is say they have to be they have to have earned income and you can contribute on their behalf into their account um, up to a certain level uh, coordinated every person can only have up to six thousand dollars or if you're over 50 you can do up to seven thousand um, dollars into your Roth IRA but like say say my son he's got a a, a job that he actually it's a it's not a just case, not just mowing lawns. He's working at a grocery store. So he's got earned income. So he can contribute either up to $6,000 into his Roth or as much as he earns if it's less than 6000 So if I want to help him out because he might not have that kind of savings available, I can um, help him contribute into that Roth IRA. And again, that's a gift for his retirement. That's going to grow tax-free until he spends or until until he uses it in retirement. So that's really meaningful down the road. Wow. Um, yeah. yeah. I didn't know you could contribute into other people's Roths. Um, you can, you just have to coordinate it with them. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like giving them money to contribute to it. But if you just send it straight there, cause you want to make sure it goes into that account, that's the it's kind of a different way to do it. Mm, okay. You can also make student loan payments for others and even pay directly to pay their tuition. If you've got somebody like, say, in college or even if you've got um, kids or grandkids that uh, have um, tuition payments for, like, say, secondary education for their families, that's a way to do that as well. Now, there is a maximum limit uh, that you, are, you should try to stay under, and that's $15,000 per person. So if you... Um, give somebody more than $15,000, you are able to do that. You just need to file um, uh, a gift return with the federal government with your tax return to say that you've given over 15 grand to somebody in one calendar year. It, you don't pay taxes on it. It just starts chipping away at your lifetime annual um, gifting limit, which right now is $11 million, but, <laughs> it, is sub but it is subject to change. So just mm -hmm. for the if you've got something that if you do have funds to give that's over $15,000, you want, probably want to talk to your tax advisor or your um, financial advisor about it. So, so I think that those are like some of the financial gifts that 
other than just giving them cash. You know, uh, you can also do things like you can give them incentives. Like you could say, hey, if you give $50 a month to your Roth, I will also give $50 a month to your Roth. <laughs> you know, it's a way to kind of um, work that in or even say, hey, if you go have this financial consultation with my financial advisor, I will contribute $1,000 to get you started with a Roth IRA. Because we know that that sometimes our, our say our kids, say you've got grown kids um, that are just starting out or they're in college or they're finishing up, say, high school. It's important that they get some financial acumen along the way and that they get financial direction. And some people are very good at that. And some people aren't, you mm -hmm. know, and, and maybe they would want to have a consultation with a professional and would actually learn in a different way from them as they do from, say, their parents. So that's a way to do that as well. I work with the um, grown kids of my clients all the time, you know, in ways like that, just to help them with their understanding of what cash flow is and how to manage debt and taking out loans and just a way to think about finances in the now and for the future. Yeah, that would be a great gift. So other things to think about too is um, there's a lot of different certifications. I know you had talked with Lisa Giesenbauer in a recent podcast as well about all the different certifications. There's like over, th over 3,500 different certifications <laughs> and that can get so overwhelming. But, you know, being, care being mindful and making sure you look at all the labels and stickers and if you have questions about them, you can look that up on um, Ecolabel Index. And that's a way to find out more about what each of those little icons means. Mm -hmm. And I heard specifically, you mentioned one earlier. Um, what was it? The special in Wisconsin sticker? I hadn't heard about that one yet. Is that a certification or is that just um, a sticker that we can find? It's more of a sticker you can find. Um, but, but they do need to be made, um, in Wisconsin. I think there's a bit more rigor than just a, uh, producer being able to get their hands on the stickers. Mm -hmm. But, you know, speaking of different rigor too, you know, there's, there's a few that stand out in my mind. Um, and this is not, this is not to say these are the only ones to pay attention to, but many of, many of the certifications are about, you know, say maybe it's cleaning products or it's food related items. Um, which I always love to gift out things that are consumable, whether that's teas or lotions, you know, from a small vendor here. Um, but, you know, thinking kind of bigger picture, I really like the the larger corporations that, and some of them are small too, that go through the certified B Corp. Mm -hmm. That's a very rigorous approval process, meeting social and environmental goals and balancing that profit and purpose. And so that's what uh, I really find those to be at a higher, I, I, hold, I hold certified B Corps in a higher regard um, than, than say other corporations and even other certifications. And what I believe Wisconsin is home to 13 or 14 different um, certified B Corps from around the globe. Wow. Yeah, I remember learning about that one with Lisa and just how intense that process is. So it is it is a big deal if you see that logo on a product. And and many logos are a big deal. You know, 1% for the planet, that's where mm -hmm. they're giving away 1% of their revenue. Um, the Green Masters program, that's a kind of a step towards the certified B Corp um, status. But, you know, when a company decides to go through this, they're not just 
saying, oh yeah, we should get that. We should get the sticker, <laughs> right? We should, <laughs> we should have that logo. They're really making a commitment. It's a lot of work. So they're making a, a time commitment, a financial commitment and a future commitment to keep that certification up. Mm -hmm. uh, now where you mentioned, you know, a little bit of where we can go for these things, but um, do you have anything else to add about where we can go to get these sustainable gifts? You know, I do think it's um, smaller merchants, local places are going to be where you might be able to find out more about where something comes from. Um, you know, I do really like to go to farmer's markets. It's just, and, and flea markets too. It's one of my passions. Um, you can find a lot of different vendors and information about them by looking at those farmer's markets uh, websites for their list of vendors, and then just doing research on each of those local producers. Um, another kind of place that we didn't talk a lot about was looking at fair trade shops. Mm -hmm. I know Plowshares is in Waukesha, yeah. and um, there's many other fair trade stores in the area. That's where you're going to get um, where things are fairly, so they're sourced in a fair and equitable way from places around the globe, really. And I think mm -hmm. that that can be really, really meaningful. A couple other places to really get some good guidance on what types of products are out there. I had mentioned that Eco Label Index. That's going to give you insight into what the different um, certifications actually mean. But GoodGuide.com. That's also a they staff a 50-person team of scientists that analyze product ingredients and regulations for, and they rate personal care, cosmetic, and household products, they rate like over 75,000 of them each year. So that's going to be, again, more on the, on the national and global scale of products. But that's a way to really be able to look and see what is your, what aligns with what's important to you if you were going to be giving some gifts that kind of fall into those um, areas. And then the Environmental Working Group, EWG, mm -hmm. They research and educate on issues to drive consumer choice and civic action. And they've got, they've got many guides for like day-to-day -day life and, and shopping. Um, you know, some of my favorites are they, they produce a list of the dirty dozen and the clean 15 mm -hmm. to reflect the pesticide levels in produce. And granted, we're not talking about giving a lot of produce to people right now, but it is important to like keep that in mind while you're shopping and and what you're gifting in consumable ways. Yeah. App. Yeah. I like the app. I have that on my phone too. So I can check the list while I grocery shop. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. Have it a little bit more accessible. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, and a couple other gifts too, that um, again, I hadn't really touched on yet, but you know, CSA box boxes, community oh, yeah. supported agriculture. Now that you, sign up for say a subscription. Maybe you want a weekly box or maybe it's an every other week box. That box would be filled with produce or some of the farms have egg or meat subscriptions too. That would be a great gift because it's really kind of hard to take that plunge sometimes and say, do I want to get a box of stuff from a farm that I don't pick out myself? Um, you know, we were CSA subscribers for a while and it was really pretty fun. It got me to know produce that I had never I personally had never even heard of before. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes the farms will give you recipes to follow as well. And it just got me really interested in knowing where my, where does my produce come from and 
how was it produced? And it was really interesting to see, follow kind of along with what the weather patterns were and how that impacted your box that you got the next week or three weeks later. So that was yeah. an interesting gift. And there's a, the Farm Fresh mm -hmm. Atlas is produced every spring. And what that does, it lists farms from all over the state and even down to each, each is listed regionally as well. And what they, what they produce, what they sell, if they have a CSA box, if they've got a farm stand, it lists all the farmers markets for the year. So that's a great resource. And I always look forward to that coming out. It's typically in print, but they also have a very interactive website that's easy to navigate through what you're looking for as well. And that's farmfreshatlas.com. Wow. That's, yeah, that's a great idea. I love the CSA box idea because I got my first CSA this summer and I loved it. It was amazing. Like you said, so many vegetables I didn't even know, like kohlrabi. I had never oh, yeah. even heard of it, much less tried to cook with it before. So it was a really wonderful experience. And um, yeah, I was looking into next year's signups already and they sign up around December or January. So that's really the perfect time to be thinking about um, when to gift that. Exactly. And like you said, like it was so such a marvelous experience. And when you're in that moment, I mean, aren't you just thinking like, wow, everybody should do this? Yes, I, I <laughs> yes. was actually. It was so fun. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, there's even other like um, if you think about small bakeries, you know, you can give gift cards to them. Many of them are doing subscription type things now, whether it's cookie kits. Miss Molly's uh, Pastry and Cafe that's in Wauwatosa, they're actually doing a cookie kit where you get half a dozen of the cookies, you get the recipe and a video that you can watch to follow along, and you get the ingredients to make the cookies. And it's like, oh a, I believe it's a weekly or a monthly subscription you could, you could, um, you know, buy into or even gift. Another uh, uh, local vendor is Stevens Artisanal Breads. They are doing a winter bakery subscription as well, where you can sign up and get a bread or two breads um, every week or every other week. And then also they'll throw in like a pastry or a scone too. And they're, they're fabulous and small. You know, there's obviously you can do coffee subscriptions and you know, we've got great local coffee roasters like Collectivo and Stone Creek. Stone Creek. Yep, mm -hmm. we had them on. Yeah, and Valentine's, Anodyne. Yeah, all my faves. Um, and then somebody else that's been doing some great work is uh, Amberly Childs. She has, her company is called Plant Joy, and she is all about plant-based living. And she's got fabulous soups. I was lucky enough to receive a gift card last Christmas, and even more recently, I received another one. And it was, it's so great to be able to use the Plant Joy gift card to order soups to be delivered. And she's actually branched out now. She's doing um, veggie burgers as well as she has cooking classes and you can use the gift cards for that too. So mm. it's just different experiences. And, you know, again, looking at the things you love and the people that you have gotten to know what their products are and being able to give that to somebody else. Yeah, I love that. So considering all the things that you mentioned before, what are your favorite sustainable gifts? You know, I, I you could probably tell from what I've said already, I really love the consumables. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't just mean food and bread and soup and coffee, but even the, you know, herbal teas and 
um, you know, bath salts and even, you know, locally produced cleaning products. Um, just thinking of it from like a, if I could get a basket that would give someone joy, you know, what would, what would that person, what would that basket look like for that person that would bring them joy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would have to say my favorite are probably the local consumables, like you were saying. I think on my list this year, I put a gift card for um, the Glass Pantry, which is a bulk uh, grocery yes. store in downtown yes. Milwaukee that just opened. Um, so I want some gift cards for that and gift cards for local coffee shops. But also the experiences are also my priority. I have a lot of um, board games on my list this year to be able to share with people and when I have friends over or when I will be able to in the future. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and um, yeah, theater tickets are always on my list as well when when we're able to use them. Yes, yeah. Someday, yeah. someday. Someday, yes, someday. hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Changing gears a little bit in our last couple of minutes, I like to ask our guests, what makes you worried about the future? You know, thank you for asking that, um, I guess, right? There's there's a lot to be nervous about right now. And in the near term, I'm probably most nervous that we're going to lose so many small businesses and independent restaurants. You know, they have taken on, they, they have put their heart and soul and passion into building their businesses. They have gone through, you know, courage and really having an uphill climb to get things set that in a way that was going to be workable for them and hopefully really successful in their futures. And so many of them are, are, it takes so long to become to that successful point. And now with this pandemic, the rug just got pulled out from underneath them mm -hmm. and they're barely making it. So that's really, you know, where I fear in this kind of near term, short term, you know, longer term, it, it kind of goes along with that in a way. I fear that we as a culture will be continued to be fueled by greed and a bigger, better, more mentality. And we'll forget about the long-term impacts of that on our environment, on our culture, on our resources, on our, again, body, mind, and spirit. Um, and really that we'll lose sight and forget about the meaning of relationship and the, and the reason why people are important, not just profit. I, I think that, you know, what, what I, what I do to turn that, right. <laughs> I do like to think that there's hope and that there's hope that we will continue to make small changes that will snowball effect and build momentum into bigger and sustainable changes around, around sustainability in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a good hopeful response to that as well of, I mean, even just using what we've talked about in this in this episode of supporting those businesses and doing our part to make sure that they they have customers and they have the income to survive this. I think um, there's something in here for everybody to participate in. Absolutely. And and using gifts as a way to bring others along with you. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, I usually end by asking what our listeners can do today with this information, but I think we have a pretty good roadmap. And since a lot of them are, um, you know, direct companies and resources, I'll definitely put together a list of resources and put that out on our Instagram and Facebook pages. 
I mean, if there, are, are there any, yeah, are there any closing thoughts or any anything else that we can do to move towards your, your hopeful future? You know, I mean, again, being, making mindful, informed decisions, you know, think before you buy, uh, you know, focus on your values and the values of those you're gifting to, and, and then be proud and, and yet not boastful, but be proud of, of the impact that you feel that you can make. Yeah, I think that's a perfect way to end it. Well, thank you so much, Heather, for joining me today. I think I learned a lot. I learned a lot more about other companies that I didn't know were doing things that are really cool and a lot of different ways to think about gifting this year and in the coming years that I will definitely bring forward with me. So thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you, Laura, so much for having me on as a guest. I feel very honored and and blessed that I was able to participate and talk about um, a passion of mine. Thank you so much. Make sure to check out Greencast on Facebook, where we post the most up-to-date information, release episodes, provide a lot more resources about things you've heard on the show, and have conversations about episodes and sustainability in Waukesha, Wisconsin, and beyond. Also, if you're interested in the Waukesha County Green Team, please check out our website and Facebook page and come to one of our board meetings. They're always open to the public. Greencast is produced through the Waukesha County Green Team by Alec Lapoitovin and Laura Laux, with help from Stacey Balsley. Our theme music is by Dan Krill and Emma Kopel. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, sustainability starts with all of us.